We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 6 uh, Prime Points show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, joined once again uh, by my host, Graham Barfield, by Jake. I think we lost so we, Britt here. I th- I, it sounds like we lost Britt. Britt was going through some uh, some technical difficulties before yeah. the show. He did lose power. So, um, yeah, looks like uh, I'm sure he'll be back shortly. Um, Graham, I know what Britt was going to ask us. He was going to talk about our takeaways from last week. Uh, you have any big takeaways from week five? Yeah, quite a few, obviously. What a, what an awful week from injuries. Uh, my goodness, man, just absolute bloodbath across, across the NFL. I mean, uh, I think that's like kind of the starting point of this week is just like trying to figure out once again, these cheaper running backs. So, you know, as the week progresses, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to try to be figuring out. Uh, my main thing I want to talk about this week, you know, is kind of some quarterbacks looking like they're back to where we expected uh justin fields obviously you know (laughs) two great matchups against the broncos and commanders but absolutely just wipes them uh completely wipes them looks back they're they're introducing play action and uh, designed rush attempts back into the offense which is what we were missing in the first couple of weeks of the season Uh, fields off play action has been fantastic so far last couple of weeks and you know I, I think this is just sharp from Getze you know just <laughs> funnel the ball to DJ Moore runoff play action uh Fields is 15 of 20 for 182 yards and two scores off play action the last two weeks he also has nine design rush attempts after having basically just nine in his first couple of starts Jake uh I think you've got a couple quarterbacks too that you're looking at that look like they're back here uh it's it, you know an injury riddled landscape across the fantasy verse it's nice to get some quarterbacks back healthy here Yeah, yeah, it's definitely nice to see QB play picking up a bit. Um, Derek Carr looks fully healthy again. He looked, he had six deep pass attempts on Sunday. That was third among all quarterbacks. That's probably bad news for Alvin Kamara, but it is great news for Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave, who, by the way, Olave, second in the NFL 
in total air yards. And if you just look at the Saints' first three games, he averaged 19 expected fantasy points per game. And really, I think the Saints' first three games are kind of the only games that are relevant if we're looking at the rest of the season, given that Carr was hurt in week four, and then they had that total blowout in week five. Um, you know, don't sell Olave at this point. Big games are coming. I think he's still a pretty strong DFS value. Uh, usage is, is fantastic with a healthy Derek Carr. And of course, Joe Burrow also looking healthy again through the first four weeks. Joe Burrow was getting the ball out faster than any other quarterback. And then in week five, he settled back into what looked like normal Joe Burrow. He's moving around well in the pocket, posted a 2.48 second time to throw, which is roughly in line with his career average. Um, he had a 10-yard run in there. He was also responsible for 20 first downs, which is 37% of his total first downs this season. And if Joe Burrow is back, uh, he's going to end up being a very strong DFS value this week, which is something that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. And on, on, on Olave and the Saints, man, Olave just missed on a huge game. Uh, yeah. Carr and Olave just missed on like a 40-yard bomb up the sideline. I think Olave couldn't get a second foot down. And then there's a touchdown that Olave couldn't get a second foot down too. So, I mean, Olave could have had a two-score game uh, last weekend. Uh, you want to transition over, Jake? Yeah, to, uh, yeah I think we can, DFS, we can move on. Some well, DFS talk here. I think we need to cover our uh, our stands here first, Graham. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. it's uh, you know, for first time, first time hosting, uh, a little a little rough, but we'll, we're we're gonna get it all figured out here. Um, so my big stand this week is that I want to take a huge stand in DFS on the fourth highest total game of the week. I already teased, you know, one of the quarterbacks. He's he's back in this game, um, and yeah, this is a game that I am going to be all over in DFS, assuming, you know, things hold obviously Tuesday, a little, you know, a little early to make some, um, some sweeping conclusions here, but, but man, I'm, I'm pretty in love with this game so far. Uh, Graham, what about you? Yeah, this is uh so chargers, Cowboys, obviously off the main slate. Uh, we got chiefs Broncos off the main slate, both in the primetime slots. Both of those games were the two fastest games in terms of like pace plays and pass rate in my game model this week. Uh, a lot of kind of really kind of just middling games this week. Uh, and I think this season has just been all about just nailing running back value, right? Like last week, it was like, if you didn't have Brees, uh, you probably didn't make any money. Uh, this week, I think there's two running back values. It's Tuesday, but there's two of them that stand out to me the most. Uh, we'll get through those here in just a few moments. Uh, Jake, we should... Uh, we should first real quick talk through last week and just kind of like what we saw. Uh, I, I just want to talk not to kind of just take this off the, the rails a second. We're going to wait for Britt to maybe get back online, but I just want to talk through last week and, and just what worked in terms of lineup builds. And, uh, you know, last week, we, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I think the, the by and large, we've just seen, you know, running backs just get piled onto like, you know, you, Scott and I were talking uh, on Friday, and we were like, yeah, David Montgomery is the best running back playing the slate. He should be 35% owned. At the time, he was projecting for like 20%. Everybody piled on. Uh, at the same time, you know, Brees Hall was projecting to be pretty contrarian. Then he got steamed up. Uh, you know, this week, you know, we got McCaffrey back on the main slate, Jake. Uh, but running back, is, is it's like a big, long, flat tier after McCaffrey. So just structurally, like, what is your initial leans? You know, you went through the the DFS early look, as you always do at fantasypoints.com, free article. Everybody should check it out. But what's your initial lean just on, on running back builds this week? 
Yeah, it's it's a really interesting slate. I, I think especially because we could have a lot of cheap value open up. Um, we saw Emery DiMercato dominate Arizona Cardinals running back usage after James Conner went down. That's something that I think we'll we'll talk a bit more about later. Um, he's only forty nine hundred. Um, so, so that could certainly be a value, you know, Jeff Wilson could potentially come back from IR here that could open things up, um, you know, just on its own Raheem, uh, Mostert at 6,400 looks pretty great. Um, I think this is a tough slate from a running back perspective, um, especially because I'm not even sure if I really want to pay up for Christian McCaffrey in like one of the worst possible matchups against Cleveland. I mean, the total super low there, um, yeah, I'm curious on uh, if you have any hard takes on the the running back position this week. Yeah, McCaffrey is obviously going to be like a bellwether, try to, you know, decision point, kind of inflection point this week. Browns have been very good on the whole against the run. You know, they're giving up the fourth fewest yards per carry, but they have given up a few explosive runs, fifth most explosive gains of 15 or more yards. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get Elijah Mitchell back too in this spot. I mean, McCaffrey is obviously playing like one of the best players in the NFL, like obviously not just the best running back in the NFL, but uh, just incredible player and an incredible role. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get Mitchell back, but even if they they don't, he plays like a reduced role again. I mean, McCaffrey is getting 85% of the snaps. Jake is averaging like 26 half point PPR points <laughs> per game. Uh, it's it's prime McCaffrey once again. Um, you know, he's he's the right price. Uh, he's, he's going to be 10 K I think in a couple weeks, um, it'll be really interesting to see where, where ownership comes out. Cause I think, you know, in terms of group think there's going to be a lot of just like, Hey, you know, McCaffrey's 9,500. I've got all these running backs in the six K range. You know, let's, let's shy away from McCaffrey. Uh, one, yeah, other, I, would, I, I was uh, just going to say, I would imagine people would probably lean more towards playing a guy like Tyree kill or Cooper cup at that price, especially if a ton of right. you know running back value opens up, like we mentioned. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got, uh, you know, every single week we're going to be deciding between Tyreek and cup, you know, cup looked all the way back. Let's talk about that real quick. And this Rams uh, receiver situation, you know, I think we kind of nailed that on our show on Friday. It's like, yeah, both these guys are top 15 plays. Um, cup got five catches on the first drive then got three more. I think their entire game, they, they switched up their coverage scheme and realized, Hey, we probably can't just play off coverage against this guy. Uh, but still, I mean, Nakua gets there. Cup this week, though, he's right back up to 9K. Uh, Cardinals obviously getting slammed against you know all opposing receivers. Uh, what, what's your read on Nakua versus Cup this week? Yeah, I I think it's very interesting. I mean, I I sort of wrote it up last week as back in what 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 was it 2019? The Rams, uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods averaged just over 40 fantasy points per game combined, and I, I sort of said. I think we're looking at something very similar here between um, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, but a much tighter spread. So probably closer to around 20 fantasy points per game for both guys for the remainder of the season, which is obviously awesome. And that makes me want to just lean into um, the cheaper guy this week, which is Nakua. At the same time, though, I do think your your stat that Cup had you know, five targets on the first drive is extremely interesting, given that teams spend a lot of time scheming their first drive, you know, the first 10, first 15 plays. Um, so that could indicate that maybe they do want to get a little more design usage going Cooper Cup's way. But, you know, we'll probably need a few more weeks of data uh, to be able to to really make a big decision there. Um Graham, I was, I was curious, like one of the things that uh, Britt wanted to talk about today, um, and, and hopefully we can get him back on it at some point, was, um, you know, what is this Vikings offense going to look like without Justin Jefferson? Um, and this was something that, that I sort of dove into. Uh, he went down at the 12-minute mark of the fourth quarter 
in week five and Minnesota was playing from behind. So that forced him into a lot of 11 personnel, which led to Brandon Powell earning a 75% route share. Um, and he actually tied with Jordan Addison for the team lead in first read targets. But we have to remember that Powell throughout his career has mostly been a special teams guy, um, which makes me think they're going to lean more into two tight end sets. And that's exactly what we've seen um, so far this season, especially when they're leading or tied. Uh, we've seen Jordan Addison, who's a pretty strong wide receiver three, uh, only average a 57% route share. But when Minnesota falls behind, Addison's route share jumps to 72%. And those extra routes that he's gaining when they fall behind comes at the expense of Minnesota's tight end two, Josh Oliver. So that's basically a very long-winded way of saying that Minnesota, as long as they can you know, maintain leads, keep games close, they're probably going to lean a lot more into these two tight end sets. Uh, I would imagine they prefer a guy like Josh Oliver out there on the field yeah. relative to Brandon Powell. Um, and that probably means they end up running the ball a bit more. But so, so that's sort of like broad strokes, how it impacts the offense for the next, you know, four weeks or whenever Justin Jefferson ends up returning that said for week six, I mean, you can make a great argument that every single Minnesota wide receiver is underpriced, even Brandon Powell. I mean, he's only 3000, even if we project him for a 40 or 50% route share, he can do quite a bit after the catch. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. Um, but I know Graham that you probably have no interest in these Minnesota running backs, even if we do <laughs> think they're going to go a little more run heavy with Jefferson out. Yeah, I, I don't, man. I really don't. And, you know, last week, you know, actually the last two weeks, we've, we've seen Madison's role kind of start to dwindle. The whole entire reason anybody liked Alexander Madison this season for fantasy was because we, hey, we thought he's going to get this crazy good bell cow role. Yep. Uh, nope. They brought in Cam Akers, 69% uh, snap share in week four, 51% snap share last week. Uh, Madison, you know, obviously got there with the receiving touchdown uh, for fantasy last week against the Chiefs, man. But yeah significant role reduction coming i think this will probably end up being some sort of committee madison will be the split uh lead of the split i think but uh your point on on addison is is really interesting i mean osborne osborne and, and cousins have so much chemistry together but yeah i mean osborne just stinks i mean at the, i mean i think at this point it's just like he's just can't get vertical like addison can um before we move on here jake before we get to uh, next segment, we, I, I want to talk real quickly on what to do with this Bears running back situation. Obviously, it's Tuesday. Uh, we know for sure Khalil Herbert isn't going to play, but I think Roshan Johnson, just sticking in the same game, Roshan Johnson is going to catch a lot of ownership. If you can clear a concussion protocol, 4,600 on DraftKings. Um, Travis Homer, I think, is dealing with an injury too, man. So, they, I mean, it literally might just be Kari Blassen game, who's technically really a fullback. And Roshan Johnson in the backfield here. So once again, value running back might pop up and Roshan Johnson. I'm sure we'll we know we'll know more by Thursday and Friday, but just curious for your thoughts. I mean, this this could be one of these games where, like, you know, no Justin Jefferson, sure, takes some of the steam out of it, but there's a lot of pieces to like in this game, and they're all cheap. Roshan could be another one here. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly interesting. And I think especially, you know, these Bears running backs. Offenses with hypermobile quarterbacks are always the most efficient rushing attacks, including, you know, just the carries from their running backs. And one of the big obstacles for Bears running backs this season has been volume. But, you know, Roshan this week could get, you know, could be one of the first Bears running backs to, you know, hit that 15 touch mark, which, you know, could pretty easily lead to 100 total yards, given how efficient this this ground game has been. 
Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a pretty sneaky game, but the game that I teased earlier that I think is by far my favorite this week is Seattle against Cincinnati. Um, just from a matchup perspective, I, I think this game is absolutely awesome. DK Metcalf dominated man coverage last year. The Bengals run man coverage at the league's eighth highest rate. Uh, Kenneth Walker is seeing top five red zone usage among running backs. Andy just earned the fifth highest route share of his career last week. Joe Mixon averages 20.1 fantasy points per game as a home favorite. And Burrow is way too cheap. He's the second cheapest he's been since week 16 of 2021. And Burrow's 9% cheaper than his average DraftKings salary last year. Um, I think there's a ton of great angles on this game. The Seattle pass defense has been absolutely abysmal. They're the, the top schedule adjusted matchup for opposing wide receivers and a top 10 schedule adjusted matchup for opposing quarterbacks. Um, I would imagine, you know, Burrow and the Cincinnati side is going to be chalky. But overall, I just really love game stacks here, um, especially on a cheap Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, Burrow's still too cheap. I was kind of hoping we would kind of get like another down game from Burrow and that we can really like unload yeah. uh, on him in here in this spot. But yeah, 6,300, he's too cheap. I, I think he's going to end up being, you know, 10, 12, 13% yeah, in large field tournaments. Um, before we transition out of, uh, out of some DFS talk, we'll go into uh, some of the fantasy points tools here in a second, Jake. But two running backs I want to talk about before we get out of here. Raheem Mostert, obviously, this week. No Devon. Achan unfortunately has some sort of knee injury that that's going to require him to miss multiple weeks. Uh, the last three weeks with with Achan uh, you know, kind of coming of age in a new role, you know, it was a true split on early downs. Uh, the duo was splitting snaps; they were splitting in terms of ex expected fantasy points in between the twenties. However, though, Jake Devon Achan was sixty uh, percent snap share inside the twenty to Mostert's forty percent. So this is a huge huge uh boost from uh, Mostert's touchdown upside obviously last week he got in the end zone once again but uh Han was already getting the majority of the role inside the red zone uh Jeff Wilson is due back off of IR this week he had uh, some sort of ribs and hand injuries but again he might need to be ramped up uh, this is looking like you know Mostert's backfield I think he's going to end up being one of the chalkiest running back plays in the slate but uh just like last week with Montgomery just like last week with with Brees Hall uh, you got to get the chalk backs right, and I think I think Monster will be one of them. And to that point, Jake, it'll be inter interesting to see where Kyron Williams' ownership comes in vis-a-vis -vis Mostert. I mean, you know, Kyron once again, eighty-four percent of the snaps last week. You know, Rams kind of got out to uh, Eagles got out to a quick lead, and Rams really couldn't run the ball. Obviously, a horrible spot last week too against the Eagles' elite run defense. Uh, you know, Kyron gets the Cardinals this week. Uh, should get plenty of dump offs too. You know, this is a game. Uh, game environment we typically want to pick on running back. So I'm I'm interested to see where, where Kyron's ownership comes in vis-a-vis -vis Mostert. Um I would imagine Mostert's gonna yeah. you know draw almost all of that ownership, especially given just how productive this uh this Dolphins backfield has been. <laughs> They're averaging eleven more Dolphins running backs are averaging eleven more fantasy points per game than the next closest group of running backs, which is the 49ers. Yeah, just absolutely insane. And I'm I'm with you on Kyron. I think he could be a really sneaky play here. I mean 19.8 expected fantasy points through the first four weeks. Elite elite usage still isn't really coming off the field much at all. Um yeah he'll be an interesting way to gain some leverage on on Mostert in a in a similar price range. Um uh you want to transition here, Graham? I think we gotta do the uh Ticketmaster read before we move on to the fantasy points tools. That's right. That's right. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action, Jake. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster 
has you covered. It is the official marketplace of the NFL, and Ticketmaster gets you more ways to find your perfect seat. I, I like using their seat map quite a bit, even if I'm you know, just perusing seats. They have a 360-degree preview. And if your cha plans change, Ticketmaster does give you the flexibility to buy or sell or transfer your tickets beforehand. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Jake, I mean, I can't deny. I mean, I want Jags colors all over my phone, so it's very easy to change my app to Jags. Find your tickets at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL today. Yeah, Jake, let's uh let's go into some of the greatest tools on the in the in the universe, the best fantasy football tools in the universe. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll uh, get this going here. Just one second. Yeah, I know one thing that we're going to talk about today that I think is arguably one of the most powerful ways to use the fantasy points data suite is just how do we pull player usage after a guy gets hurt? You know, say, you know, a specific player got hurt at this point in the game and you want to look at the rest of his position group after that injury occurred um, with any other set of tools that I can think of that either isn't possible or it's extremely difficult with the fantasy points data suite. Um, that's pretty easy to do. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we're here in the bell cow report and yeah, if you set the week to week five, right. um, we are going to look at the Arizona Cardinals backfield usage after James Connor went down. Um, so I believe you need, you'll need to change the team to Arizona. Yep. Um, in there. And, and then what time did he, what time did he go down again? So he went down 20 minutes into the game. So if you go to uh, okay. game time elapsed, Yep. Uh, and then just set the min to, to 20, um, 20 minutes. Then we will be able to see um, Arizona's backfield usage after James Conner went down. Um, and it's important to keep in mind, like context is very important here. Keontae Ingram did not play in this game. Um, I think this is uh, not pulling for me correctly. Let's see, 20 minutes. Uh, does that look right, custom? Yeah, that does look correct. Weird. Um, but if if it takes a little too long um i can just cover it on my own but demarcado after james connor went down played 100 percent of the snaps earned 10 carries three targets out of the backfield um might need to maybe maybe reset and uh just try pulling again um i was is graham frozen am i the, am I the last one here I think so, Jake. All right. Well, um, we uh, maybe we'll just uh, Graham's on the screen share, so maybe we'll just end up skipping the uh, the fantasy points tools for for right now, and then I can um, I can handle the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, that is overall a really great way to pull player usage. If you know the exact timestamp that a player got hurt, you can just simply scroll down to the time elapsed uh, part of the fantasy points data suite um, and then look at you know positional usage after that but we're gonna get a little bit into um, picks here since we uh, yeah we, we cut that segment a little short so I know Britt is all over Javante Williams under 38 and a half rushing yards uh, he also loved San Francisco minus four I think that might be out to minus five in most places so just wanted to cover Britt's picks because he is such an outstanding better hey graham what's what's Hello. going on oh my gosh dude this is uh this is unbelievable it's like murphy's law tonight uh i don't know what happened to my internet there i'm sorry about that oh no no worries man i uh i just 
fast forwarded us straight to uh, straight to betting picks this week. So I already covered uh, I already covered some of Britt's picks. I figured people would want to hear those because Britt's just been absolutely killing NFL betting so far yeah. this year. Um, he heavily highlighted Javante Williams under 38 and a half rushing yards, which I think makes a ton of sense. We've seen Jaleel McLaughlin look great so far. Uh, a few of his other picks, Detroit minus three. I um, think they're getting a little disrespected in the betting market. I, I totally line up with that. And he's also got the Chargers plus two and a half. I thought I thought that was a little interesting. I believe they're playing uh, Dallas on Monday night, if I remember correctly. Um, so, Graham, what are some of your betting picks this week? Yeah, I'm also on Lions three. I, I think Britt would say that line makes no sense. The Lions are a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl contending team. Bucks obviously coming out of their bye, uh, but you know, three is is a little light. Uh, for Detroit in this spot, especially given how good Jared Goff is playing. So I'm also on Lions three. I'm also on Jags at, at four. I think this is going to get to four and a half to five. Um, I think this line is a little bit of disrespect to Trevor Lawrence. And the main reason I'm playing it is because I think Trevor Lawrence is just overdue for a, a really nice game. Uh, by all the advanced numbers at, at fantasy points data, you know, Lawrence's accuracy numbers in a clean pocket, all of like the, the static uh, super predictive metrics. Lawrence looks fantastic. He's just gotten really unlucky, Jake. Like we saw it again last week. He had two fumbles on the doorstep of the red zone. Obviously, those are plays that, that Lawrence has to clean up. But you know, week two it was the red zone miscues. Week three and four they had a bunch of drops. You know, it's it's like just if we can get one of these games where the Jags offense gets everything right, uh, they're overdue to put up like thirty five points. Uh, and you know, we don't really talk too much about Jags in the DFS segment. We'll talk more about that on our show, Jake, on Friday, I'm sure. But Trevor Lawrence and their pass catchers look fantastic. I mean, the Colts boundary corners have not been good at all all season. Uh, it's early in the week, man. Uh, I, I only have those two early looks. I do have one bet though uh, that I'm on. I'm going to give this out in our Discord here shortly. Uh, Jay, uh, Brits on Javante Williams under so am I. I'm taking Javante Williams under total yards at 53 and a half at Bet Rivers. Uh, I think this is uh, an insanely high number of total yards for him. Uh, Samaje Pirine is going to get the passing down roll. There's a chance Jalil McLaughlin gets the early down roll and most of it. Uh, you know, Javante has not been a ex super explosive playmaker this season. Uh, so, you know, you can take the under on the rushing yards. It makes a ton of sense. 38 and a half still out there. It's going to get hammered down. I'm going to take the over on total yards. Javante Williams, uh, not a lot of props out yet, but we, we do have two games out between Chiefs and uh, Broncos and the, the London game Ravens and Titans. Uh, Jake, you want to talk through some pickums here real quick? Uh, yeah. Well, first let me get to my betting picks and also just oh, wanted to, to echo what you said on Javante Williams. I think right now the market's making a pretty big mistake sort of pricing him as if Jaleel McLaughlin hasn't emerged as, um, you know, a real backfield threat combined with the fact that, you know, Williams himself is coming off an injury here. There's a lot of potential for him to go under his, his props, but, uh, for my bets, Love Las Vegas minus three against New England can get minus 112 over at DraftKings. New England, three points over their last two games. I mean, their offense can't do anything. Obviously, hard to have a ton of confidence in Vegas, but I, I do think they're a notably better team than the Patriots. And then, of course, you know, if I'm going to be all over Seattle, Cincinnati for DFS, I got to love the fact that FanDuel is the only sports book hanging 44 and a half right now. Uh, love the over there. Every other book is at 45 and a half. I would expect this to close around 46. And we have Britt back. back. Britt, we were just uh, just talking about our bets. 
Um, I already, I already mentioned a few of yours, uh, because I know our, our viewers are eager to get your, your winning picks, but, uh, if you just wanted to, you know, give your reasoning behind, behind your picks, I'm sure people would love that. Yeah. The, some giant fire in the town, everything. It's weird. Uh, looking outside and it's just complete darkness. It's so dark up here in the Northeast right now. And then there's literally no lights on in anyone's house. I got a text that said power is not going to be back on until 1am. There's no cell service, but somehow it's back on. I'm able to get back on. Uh, they were able to get it working, but uh, yeah, did you touch on the lions at all? Cause that they're by yeah. far, this is like the most ridiculous line I think I've seen all season. Graham, I, I think you were on this as well. Or was this Jake? Yeah, no, I was too. I gave, I gave some reasoning, but go ahead, please. Yeah, I mean, it's just straight disrespectful to the Lions to give them three points against the Buccaneers, who uh, what they they beat Minnesota when Minnesota turned the ball over 500 times in that first game. Uh, they beat uh, – I have this all up on scores and odds of my computer. Uh, it's still rebooting some of the things here. But it's just Tampa Bay is – I think they've gotten very, very lucky to be 3-1. and one. And the Lions are legitimately like a top three or four team in the league. And I know the uh, the Buccaneers, they're at home. They're off by. But there's just – there's no way. When when these super teams – and I think the 49ers, I, you know, would be considered one of them right now. I, I almost want to put the Lions – they're not up there with them, but they're a complete team on offense and defense. I don't care about teams off by. I don't care about the road. They're going to come in and they're going to smoke the Buccaneers. Uh, so who was doing the host hosting this? I, I, I feel like we were, I missed out. I, I was in total darkness, no cell service. It's <laughs> trying to watch, couldn't do anything. Uh, what else? Uh, who, 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 whoever was hosting, why don't you just keep rolling with it? We were, um, we were kind of co-hosting and then yeah. Brit, I was, uh, I was about to go through the tools and then I lost internet and left Jake abandoned. <laughs> this and, is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it yeah. was, yeah, this is, this is the Murphy law show, uh, here in week six, but here, no, we've had a great this? time. Yeah, yeah no, it's been here. it's been fun. I sent yeah. the red flag to our uh, lead supervisor Devin, and he was like, "They're doing great, so don't worry about it." I'm like, <laughs> I, I, "I'm not really worried about you, too." Um, but yeah, let's get the, the screen share back up here. Uh, and Jake, you wanted to bring up basically, you want to talk about the James Conner role. He's going to be out, and there's some of these backup running backs. I don't know if you guys talked on them at all, but you wanted to know, hey, where's the spot? How can I find out? for relatively inexpensive in the DFS world. When somebody goes out, what did that look like? And you can do that on the Fantasy Points data tool. Uh, I know it was free for everybody last week. Hopefully some of those guys signed up this week. But I've got pulled up on the screen here, and I'll try to make it bigger for everybody, that we can see using the filters. Uh, if you're watching live, you go to week five, you go, there's a team filter in the filters. You go to Arizona, and then all the way, there's a time elapsed. You just change that to 20 minutes. Jake said 20 minutes. That's when James Conner got hurt. And you can see after that point, uh, Amari DiMercato literally played every snap for the Cardinals. There is some uh, circumstances where that might not be the case this week. But, uh, Jake, what do you want to delve into the situation? Yeah. So a question that I've, I've gotten quite a bit on, on Twitter is, you know, when I'm in, when I'm writing my articles, how exactly am I pulling player usage for a position group after, you know, an individual player in that group gets injured. And this is exactly how I'm, I'm simply finding, you know, the timestamp where the, the player got hurt. James Conner got hurt right around the 10 minute mark of the second quarter, um, which is 20 minutes into the game. And then I'm, you know, 
filtering down to see backfield usage from that point. Now, it's important to remember context, obviously, extremely important with any data pool. Um, Keontae Ingram was inactive for this game. He logged some limited practices last week. Decent chance that he manages to play this week. So we could see this being more of a committee, but there's also a world where Ingram doesn't play and we can project Di Mercado for pretty close to a bell cow workload at a $4,900 DraftKings price tag, which is pretty great. Obviously, the Cardinals did just pick up Tony Jones, but Tony Jones isn't a guy that I'm particularly worried about, given that he's bottom 10 in yards per carry since 1970. Uh, that's an absolutely insane stack. Tony Jones, very bad <laughs> wow. at football. Um, so yeah, this is how you pull uh, player usage after another player in their position group gets hurt. Fancy points data makes this extremely easy. I, I really can't figure out a, you know, another way to do this using anything else. Um, I think this is one of the the most underrated parts of our, our tool set here. Yeah. I had no idea you could do this. I would assume 99% of people who probably even have a fantasy points data subscription don't even know they could do it. So it's uh, great to be able to know that it is possible. Uh, Graham, I wanted to talk to you, the O-line D line chart, maybe go over a couple of matchups here. Uh, it looks like the dolphins, no surprise Once again. Uh, once again, what do we think? Did you touch on the backfield when I was gone? How do we think that's going to break down this week? Yeah, we briefly did. We briefly did. Yeah, once again, amazing spot for uh, Dolphins backfield, man. I mean, you know, not just, you know, great scheme by Mike McDaniel, but they've got, you know, two backs that are, you know, generating yards before contact. But yeah, with no Devon Achan this week, you know, I was noting that, you know, uh, Achan was getting 60% of the snaps in the red zone compared to Mostert's 40% over the last three weeks. So, you know, big, big spike in touchdown equity coming for Mostert. Great spot. I mean, just obviously another great spot. But uh, we want, I want to talk through two, two matchups at the bottom. Uh, Britt, if you want to scroll down to the to the bottom, or yeah, there you go, flip it to the rush grade. You know, 49ers have obviously one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They have one of the best schemes in the NFL. But look at this. They have the sixth worst, worst matchup this week on the ground, according to Fantasy Points data. And that's just a huge credit to the Browns' front seven. You know, Browns are playing this like wide nine front, uh, front scheme. You know, they're getting Miles Garrett all over the all over the place, lining him up uh, over the three or lining him outside at the seven. Uh, he's been all over the place and obviously a huge, huge part of their run games uh, success. Uh, it, that being said, though, I mean, Christian McCaffrey in this Niners run game is, is definitely, uh, you know, on another level right now. Uh, and one more, uh, Britt, though, I did want to talk through and, and they kind of just have a middling rush grade. This week is the Jets. Uh, this, you know, we're going to have to make a lot of choices about Brees Hall this week against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles run defense is elite. Uh, this number to me is a little high. Uh, I, you know, we can't account for injuries in our in our data. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, though, is the Jets' best run blocking offensive lineman. Their tackle, he's out for the season. And unfortunately, another Achilles tear. Just uh, super unlucky for the Jets. I, you know, this is a, a really really tough spot here for for the Jets without Vera Tucker. Eagles run defense is is awesome. Uh, Brits, what what's your lean on on Brees Hall? Uh, to start start this week, where where's your head out there? Uh, it's tough. So I've had limited time to sort of go over yeah. some of these things, but I don't know that six K tier, right? You've got what? You've got Kyron Williams against Arizona. You're gonna have Mostert. You're gonna have Brees Hall. There's who else? Who else is in here? DeAndre Swift. Like I, I think I. Brees Hall's just he's he's just another talent level above Swift, but Swift's role is 
is pretty good right now. That, that's going to be a tough decision point, I think, for a lot of people. It's Tuesday. I, I don't think anyone knows exactly what they're doing currently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want uh, heads up. The lights are flickering, guys. So I may I may <laughs> disappear in just uh, just a minute here. Uh, all right. So did what did you guys get to on the bets? Did you did you each give some of yours? What else did you talk of mine? Where where are we in terms of all of that? Yeah, I we uh, we both covered our picks, um, and then I sort of gave a a quick overview of of your bets. Um, you know, I know you're uh, you're big on the Javante Williams under. So if you want to, yeah, yeah i get into some that. reasoning there. But uh, before we do, we got to pay the bills here. So let me tell you about our friends over at Ticketmaster. We actually we, already we covered you there. You guys, yeah, they yeah, paid the bills. Got what is this? Look at this? You guys are true professionals. I did not expect you guys to do that. All right. Uh, this is this is fun doing a show with uh, two uh, very well-versed uh, co-hosts as well. So, yeah, Javante Williams. So maybe I'll bring it up on scores and odds for you guys to read what I wrote here. I think the line is still 38 and a half. Uh, it was trending. It was moved down to 36. Someone out there bet it back up to 38. So we should be very thankful for them of that. <laughs> uh, but it's just uh, it's too high, right? Because he's in a touch squeeze. So I, I don't know. There's no allegiance from Sean Payton to Javante Williams coming off an injury, come, you know, to start the season, coming off another injury now. Why would they not give if a guy led the NCAA in rushing for his career? First, how does this guy go undrafted? And then he gets into the NFL. You would think the guy that led all of college ever in rushing for a career would know something about running the football. And what does McLaughlin come in and do? He's run for over seven yards a carry. Uh, I, I don't know if Williams runs the ball 10 times in this game. The Chiefs defense is pretty good. There's a little bit of weather in this game. Uh, so maybe they run the ball a little more. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think the Chiefs win this pretty easily. Touch squeeze, McLaughlin probably taking the lead role. P. Ryan plays thirds down, not Javante Williams. There's there's just not a lot of room for him to get these yards. So the under 38 and a half uh, on Javante Williams looks good. I, I did write up the 49ers. They let us get the 49ers at four uh, to start the week. That's been bet up to five and a half or six. If for some reason it goes back down, I don't think it will. If anything, yeah. it'll go back up from here, specifically if Deshaun Watson doesn't play. Uh, that looks like an, an, an still an absolute smash to me. The other one I was on uh, was, of course, uh, the Chargers. I don't know if you talked about them, but uh, I don't know. Are, are the Cowboys good? The, I was like, really. They're thinking, not good on offense. I know that. Before, but before the show, as I'm going through my my normal prep, I was going through the lines, and two and a half stood out to me too, man. I mean, betting on the Chargers the last three years, like freaking pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't want to do it, but it was too. I don't want to do it either, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kellen Moore is like the biggest L the Chargers had in the off or the Cowboys had in the offseason. Losing him and giving the reins to Mike McCarthy is just it's it ain't yeah. it in 2023. Uh Tony Pollard's not great anymore. I think that probably has something to do with Kellen Moore, along with getting a bigger workload. It's just not working out for him. The Chargers are at home. They're off a bye. They probably you know, they don't really have a home field advantage. There'll be more Cowboys fans there than Chargers fans, but they're still off the bye. They get Eckler back. Uh, I'm going to back the Chargers. I think this is the first time in a long time I've, I've bet on the Chargers, but uh, I'm going to do it for this week simply because I'm not sure the Cowboys uh, are even like a league average at best offense right now. There's just no fluidity. There's no uh, playmakers. Nothing's happening. Uh, there's, I don't know if it's play calling. Dak seems okay, but Pollard's yeah. taking a step back. I don't know. I'm on the Chargers this week. 
Dak to me seems like a quarterback who needs a run game and the Cowboys have just had a super inconsistent run game. You know, I, I figured, you know, Dak and the Cowboys would be a little more pass heavy than they have been, but yeah, man, Dak the last couple of years, really ever since that ankle injury, he's just like not been as mobile. Um, I feel, I still think Dak is a, is really good and like, you know, he could still play like a, you know, top 12 quarterback, but you know, between the inconsistencies in the run game between, you know, New offense, it's just it's not clicking right now. I will say this is an awesome spot for Dallas, though. I mean, Chargers defense was so so bad. So we're gonna we I will say we're gonna learn a lot about Dallas this week. You know, going cross country, playing in San Francisco. You know, San Francisco is amazing at home as a favorite. I'm willing to cut them a little slack. We're gonna learn a lot about Dallas this week. That's for sure. Yeah, I think both teams here. I think we're gonna learn and which would if this game is decided decisively one way or the other. I think we're going to find out one of these teams is real and one of them might not be either way, whether it's the Chargers or the Cowboys. Of course, I'm banking on that team, the Chargers uh, being the real team. But those are a couple of bets. Uh, do you guys want to talk any of the fantasy pick sites real quick here? Did you get to those while I was gone? No, that was that was the only thing we didn't cover while you were gone. All right. So let's go, Jake. What are you looking at this week uh, on the fantasy pick I was looking at prize picks. It looks like you got an underdog play. Yeah, so I got a an underdog uh, five pick here. Love Javante under 12 and a half receiving yards can also hit the under, of course, on his rushing prop. I mean, Britt already covered it. He's really being squeezed for touches. He's gone under 12 and a half rushing yards uh, already in half his games this season. And, you know, coming off the injury, Jaleel McLaughlin stealing a, a good amount of pass game work. P. Ryan obviously involved in the pass game as well. Very easy to see Javante hitting his unders. I think that's one of the biggest market misses this week, broadly speaking, is Javante Williams, pro Javante Williams props are just way too high across the board. Um, and then I got Tyreek Hill over 95 and a half receiving yards. I think pretty much any double digit Tyreek Hill prop, especially outside of the division, is one you're going to want to hit the over on. And then to get a little correlation here, I also added Tua over 282 and a half passing yards. Um, I touched on at the beginning of the show how Derek Carr, you know, seemed to be back. He had six deep attempts in week five, which was the third most of any quarterback. And that primarily benefits Chris Olave. Love Olave over 59 and a half receiving yards here. Um, Olave is second in air yards. So him going over this prop uh, to me is, uh, you know, uh, probably my favorite pick of the week. Um, and then beyond that, I got uh, DeAndre Swift over 64 and a half rushing yards. The Jets are just a major run funnel. Uh, Swift has been playing great. He's getting fed. Um, so yeah, that, that, that rounds out my slip. It's, I, I feel pretty good about it. I got to say. Yeah, a couple. I, I was out on Prize Picks. You can still get Javante at under thirty-eight and a half. That's just. Uh, I might change that to a two-unit bet on scores and odds. I just think that's a really good one overall. Uh, I'm adding in that we're going to play some of these guys who had big weeks last week, and uh, I think they're going to be in reasonably good spots again. Hopkins is at fifty-eight and a half, and uh, I saw right before the show Traylon Burks. They hope he can start running this week. Don't think that means he's going to be playing uh, NFL football. So I think Hopkins uh, getting the, a good amount of target share against the Ravens looks pretty good for him to repeat uh, his performance last week, over 100 yards. I don't think that's too far-fetched when the sports books come out. Uh, I did this last week personally. I laddered him all the way up to 100, and that worked out pretty well. Probably going to do that again. Uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, I got him at 62.5. He was up to 64.5 right before the show. I think that's still good. Uh, the Colts have given up the second most passing yards this year. Uh, they, you know, uh, were able to have a, a pretty good passing performance against the Bills. Uh, and I, I don't know, 
what's this Zay Jones? Zay Jones, he's day-to-day. We don't really know. But if even if he's not remotely close to 100%, even if he's – if like 90% Zay Jones is probably a big step down from 100% Zay Jones. Uh, and then Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, you can look at Kirk's overs too. I think these are the guys that should benefit quite a bit against the Colts. And then Marquise Brown, 54 and a half, just too low with the amount of targets he gets every week. Uh, looks to be in a in a reasonably good spot in a game. You know, without James Conner, how's Arizona? You know, you got to think the the Rams offense with Cup and Nakua. I mean, they're going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want against Arizona. Uh, so I, I think the Arizona passing game uh, is something I might want to look at. And early in the week, really the only way I could get exposure to that was the Marquise Brown line. So you can find all of those on Prize Picks, uh, and that about rounds it out for me. Uh, I just wanted to touch on, make sure you guys talked about, there was something else I wanted to talk about really quick here. Oh, the the backup running back situation uh, from DFS between the Bears, Arizona. We've got uh, Jeff Wilson possibly as well here. Uh, what do you make of this Bears situation? Do you think Roshan's going to get cleared? He had the concussion. I don't think anyone with a concussion is going to play the week after, except maybe if they played a Thursday game. We're going to find out if that holds true in the NFL. Uh, like if, if Roshan's in there, uh, are we going to be playing him? He's cheap. And then if he's not, I mean, are we, we're, we're going to be jamming in Dante Foreman, correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's yeah. it's hard not to see a massive workload if, if Foreman's the only guy back there. And, um, you know, even if it is Johnson and Foreman, I, I think they, you know, the team clearly prefers Johnson at this point. So curious on your thoughts, Graham. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Johnson. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, honestly, dude, I don't know if, if we get, if it's just Foreman, I, I think they might play Blossom game a little bit too, man. <laughs> like Foreman's yeah. just... I, there's something up there. Like he might be completely dead. Um, can't, can't forget he popped his Achilles two or three years ago. And, you know, it's just a matter of time with some of those guys. So I, I, I wonder if they, you know, they play blasting game. You know, Travis Homer too. I mean, he was, he probably could have played a couple passing down snaps, but he has a, I think a severe hamstring injury. It seems like. And then one other question I had, I don't know if you covered it. So apologies to the listeners if you did, but uh, I wanted to pose uh, Graham, I'll stick with you on this one. Would you rather play a half game of Tyreek Hill in the absolute absurdity if you could recreate last week or a full game of Cooper Cup uh, at basically Ooh. close to the same price in DraftKings? Because I could not believe what Tyreek Hill did last week from a, a yards per route run perspective. Just absolutely insane stuff. Uh, and he, what he's doing on the year is something we've never seen. Like his stats look like a guy who got like three catches over the season just playing sparingly and one of them happened to be a big play but he's literally doing it every single time he runs a route it's insane and then yeah. cooper cup came back looks like cooper cup that offense is going to be purring now it's against arizona arizona has a little stinginess to him too uh, i don't know i might take the cup side on this one yeah i'm on i'm on tyreek i think i've been on tyreek uh every single week when we've posed the question, except for last week when I think I said Jefferson over Tyreek and then Jefferson got hurt. Uh, Cup, though, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, he looked like Cooper Cup just watching watching the game. I mean, no explosiveness drop-off. Uh, I was telling Jake, though, five of his targets came on that first drive. They basically played off coverage against him, and he just absolutely cooked uh, the defender both all five times. So they, they switched it up a little bit, but... Yeah, Cup at 9K, man, that's that's a hefty, hefty price tag with Nakua, you know, still getting a huge role. But yeah, both both those guys, man, I mean, they're gonna get they're gonna get fed the ball. Yeah, Jake, what do you think on that? 
Um, yeah, I think I think I would lean Tyreek here. I mean, he's just like he's going to hit 2,000 receiving yards. It's it's going to happen this year. Um, looks absolutely unstoppable. Uh, yeah, I I'm just going to play Tyreek Hill every week until I mean, what what's his price going to top out at this year? 10 five probably on DraftKings. It's, it's not it's, going up fast enough. No, it's not. It's he's not. still too cheap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the receiving yards leader. So I, I've, I, I'm holding an AJ Brown ticket at 2,500, and I, I just need Tyreek to miss a few games, and I'm right there with the Justin Jefferson with uh, Cooper Cup going out. I'm right there, uh, I, I, but it's really hard if Tyreek Hill stays healthy. I mean, this dude is going to have like the most insane season any receiver's ever had, which is like he's got to be. He's the most uncoverable wide receiver for sure in the NFL right now. But this, it's like. Like it's unheard of in the in the league where you're trying to take all this stuff away, and he's being able to succeed. It's Mike McDaniel. It's a different type of route tree that he's running from you know yeah. five years ago, but it's nuts that he's able to do this right now. Basically, the only comp is Randy Moss. I think that's really the only comp you can make, and that was you know obviously in the you know late '90s, early 2000s. So era adjusted, you know Moss. I think probably his numbers would have been even more insane. Very different routes those guys are running. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But that, I mean, that's the that's the thing though. Is like that's what I'm saying in terms of just outlier type players that just you cannot cover uh, within the context of the scheme. I mean, that's really the only. That's totally the only comp, you know, comp I think we can make. Yeah. All right. So I guess that'll do it again. P- apologies, guys. Sorry for the power outage. I cannot control it. Luckily, they let me back. Dude, in. legendary uh, performance minutes. coming back midstream, coming out <laughs> just like out of nowhere, coming out of the bullpen. That was. Great. I thought I was done. Um, but yeah, check the bets out. I've been having a good job with the bets. Uh, get those in, uh, guys. Get, you should get them in too. Uh, I will be out next week. Uh, it's vacation. Uh, the wife and I were finding out if we're having a boy or a girl. We go on vacation every year uh, around now. So we're going to do a little thing on that. So, uh, but I'll be back for the week eight show. Not sure who's filling in for me, uh, but uh, Jake and Graham will be here with somebody else. Uh, hopefully they do uh, a great job as well. And uh, you know what? I'll phone in a couple of bets too for you guys. Uh, so yeah. other than that, there we go. Uh, thanks to Jake and Graham for filling in for me while I was MIA. Happy to come back in the middle of the show. Uh, everybody hit a like on the way out if you're watching on YouTube. If not, thanks for watching or listening. Uh, and uh, thanks for watching. We got you.